Hello everyone, my name is always Asmal. Welcome to another episode of Two Ways to Skin a Cat, a show where we talk career experiences, entrepreneurship and investments. The main aim is to show that there's more than one way to be successful other than just climbing the corporate ladder. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube and the show will be available on podcast by tomorrow morning. So don't forget to like, subscribe and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. If you're joining us live, drop a one in the comments so that we know we're not talking to ourselves. And if you're watching the recording, drop a two in the comments. My guest for this week is Mohammed Zainabi, Group Financial Manager at Creative CFO, Executive Director at Bulldozer, and former Regional Vice President for SEMA in the Western Cape region. Zain, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Wes. Thanks for having me. And hi to everyone. It's very good to be let's here. Let's jump straight into the meat of it. Thanks so much. Cool. Let's do Tell it. Tell us your story. Where do you come from? <laughs> Outside of work, who is Muhammad Zain Nabi? Give us that back. Oh, that's a that's a that's a very loaded question. Um, so I'll, I'll take you right back to the start. Originally born in Durban, spent about five years there. I think I've still got a little bit of an accent, although I don't know why. Um, then spent my whole life in Joburg and moved to Cape Town about I think it's about eight years ago. Um, like everything men do for a woman, um, moved when I got. Uh, just, just before I got married and, and then got married and been here ever since. Um, yeah, apart from, a, from a career perspective, I think I started my career fairly early. Um, I did university full-time for about a year and played too much. And then moved to, to SARS, ironically. My mom called around and got me a job at SARS. I worked in SARS for two years in retirement funds tax. It's a dead tax now, but it was really really big back in the day. Um, yeah, and worked in SARS for two, two and a half years and then decided to do my articles. Psycho articles, went ahead, did my articles for a very, very small firm in one partner firm in Midrand, Johannesburg. That was five years I was there and then left that to go to Deloitte. I spent about two, two years in Deloitte in the municipal consulting space and then left Deloitte and joined a small company and subcontracted to Deloitte. We just tried to get around the red tape of it and was there for about another year and a half. Um, and that was in financial municipal consulting and then moved from there to Oasis in financial management and in their financial division and was at Oasis for about, I think, 18 months and then moved over to Creative CFO. So pretty full spectrum. And only recently joined on from a from a bulldozer perspective and then from a kind of SEMA always really tried to be involved, but so there was a need before when we had the, the, the older structures and saw an opportunity and really, really took it and, and loved the time spent in SEMA. And then from a personal perspective, have a wife and now three kids. My latest is five months old, so they keep me busy. Um, and yeah, love, love life, love getting out, love doing things really need the gym. I would say more than love the gym. I think I need an hour a day to just kind of take my brain out of everything and kind of get down to it. So I try and go to gym as often as I possibly can. My wife says too often, but, uh, yeah, apart from that, that's, that's, that's almost me in a nutshell. I need to figure out how you like the gym. Because I enjoy running, but I've got a running injury and I just can't get to the gym. It's just like, no, I need to find the motivation. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like, I hate running. 
I'm allergic to it. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned now, I mean, you're a group financial manager at one company, executive director of another company, treasurer of a non-profit. How do you manage all these roles at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> I really, uh, I think I, I'm lucky in the sense that I really love everything I do and I try and do it as passionately as I possibly can. And I kind of try and keep my head focused on the prize rather than focused on, on time, even though it's really important for me to, to like subdivide my time, which I don't do well. I think I'll be the first to admit that. But I try and keep my, my focus on the prize, try and focus on the output and try and see how I can get that done. And sometimes I can get it done a little quicker and then move on and, and do what I need to do. But sometimes it takes a bit longer. But I think when it does take a bit longer, I'm kind of focused on the fact that I really enjoy it and I'm passionate about it. And time doesn't end for me at five. So I kind of fit it in when I can. And yeah. I was about to say, I'm waiting for the tip. And then the tip came at the end. So was... <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> You mentioned you worked at Deloitte, you worked at Oasis, you, so you've worked at SARS, so you've worked for a few corporates, and mm -hmm. now you're working with startups and SMEs. What's the difference in how you support the two different kinds of organizations? Um, I kind of, I, f I find it so, like, the, it's, it's very difficult to answer that question because they, they're so different and also so much the same. I feel that ironically, I'm, I might be controversially saying this, I feel like SMEs have bigger problems because in SMEs, you're focused on the big stuff because they're starting out. So you're really focused on like revenue and the business and the core and the vision and the mission. But when it comes to a corporate, you're focused on really, really small minute details because they've kind of taken care of the revenue and the, the expenses and they, they, the machine runs. So regardless of where you are as this cog in that machine, it's going to run and you kind of need to give the best value that you can to that division or small piece that you are in control of. So, so yeah, I think the, I think it's about trying to add the most value where you can. And, and for me, just solve problems, try and try and address what problem you're solving at the given point and work towards solving it. I like how you put it there. In a, in a corporate, the machine runs with or without you. And in a SME, if you don't run, <laughs> the business doesn't run. <laughs> so the machine doesn't it run. Stops. So it stops. So for the audience, if um, mm -hmm. if you've got any questions for Zain, please add them to the comment section. We'll answer all the comments towards the end. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about the SEMA qualification. Most of us know about the CASA. I mean, you mentioned you did your articles. Some of us know about the professional accountant designation. SEMA, I heard a little bit about, about it in Varsity, and now and then I hear about it. How is it different, and why would someone want to choose SEMA as opposed to the other options? Like I don't, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of comparisons in the sense of I think everything has its unique place. Um, I think what drew me to SEMA was the the more, it almost feels slightly far removed and maybe I'm going to get flack for a little more business holistic than all technical. There are technical elements, but a lot of it is kind of very much a, a step back overall view 
because we touch on many elements. And obviously, management accounting is slightly different to to financial accounting, to auditing, to, to everything there. So there's a lot of focus on obviously those management accounting elements, but there's also a lot of focus like psycho on ethics and the like, as well as valuations, as well as it kind of touches on everything. And yes, there are similarities, I think, throughout those all of all of those um, professional bodies. But I think what I liked about Simo was that it was looking at the problems facing business, not necessarily just the financial problems facing business. There's a couple of other elements of it that we were looking at rather than just looking at it from a um, almost a technical perspective, even though technical the technical perspective is really important and we kind of build on that. But the teachings that Sima gave me was really great around that, that kind of when you're in a business, there are other moving parts. And what do you do in those other moving parts to address kind of everything holistically? Yeah. And, and do you get different types of qualifications through CMA? Because I see there's people with different titles. I see CGMA and I see, I think it's ACMA. And I'm not too sure what the difference is. I don't know if you can. Um, it's them. very, very, it's very British. <laughs> so similar to ACCA. You get a FCCA and in SEMA you get a FCMA, which is, um, it's so a, I, I don't exactly know how to explain it in that they would be happy with, but it's a, the difference is you become an associate when you first qualify. And as you mature in your designation, you can therefore become a fellow. And a fellow is obviously a higher designation than an associate. It's a more experienced designation. It's basically saying that when you first qualify, you're not necessarily an expert on many things. You've qualified, you at an advanced level, you know what you're doing, but you're not an expert. And then what SEMA does is they reassess your experience later on in your career and, and designate you as a fellow. Does it mean you have to take another exam or do they just, no, you just, they, it's just, it's just a, it's just a experience assessment. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. I had no idea. That you have to something new. So, yeah, it, 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 as, as I understand, it's kind of a British thing that they, they do. So, yeah. Okay. And if someone wanted to do, uh, find out more about SEMA, where's the best place to find out more information, if they, especially from South Africa? And how active is the South African, the South African branch of SEMA? Ironically, something I learned was that the South African branch was the first branch outside the UK in the whole world. So it's really, really active. South Africa's got a very big SEMA presence. Um, SEMA Global is an amazing source of information. You can go on, you can go on to SEMA Global, Google SEMA. There's a lot of also educational institutions that can give you information, but SEMA Global, and if you go on to SEMA Global and get the contact details of the South African office, there's a lot of people in South African office that are willing to help and always willing to kind of walk you through. I think there's a lot of SEMA kind of, I won't say mentors, but kind of people withhold the SEMA designation. Me being one of them would be happy to answer any questions that anyone has. You can drop me a LinkedIn uh, kind of message or anything, kind of get in contact and I'm happy to try and help where I can. I also work with a lot with uh, the Creative CFO SEMA program internally. Head that up as well. And then in terms of, uh, I see you, you're a former regional VP, uh, VP of SEMA mm -hmm. in the Western Cape region. What? What sort of work were you doing there? Um, so that was that was a lot of 
how do we connect with the membership base and the incoming membership base? How do we arrange network e events? What do we what do we do to connect with seamers that are around? And I think that's that's a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to provide as much value to the SEMA member or SEMA student. They they're kind of seen in different light, but they're still part of SEMA. And how much value can we bring to them throughout the year? And that's really what we used to kind of focus on in our meetings and really for the most part events, networking events, kind of informational events, CPD events. But that's pretty much what we were what we were doing. And are you still involved in uh, in the or not the anymore? Or the regional basis at all? Not not anymore. They they kind of they rejigged everything when it came to COVID and kind of uh, amalgamated and went more continental, if you want to put it that way. They have an Africa branch now, and there's a few members on there. So I haven't seen anything come across. So no, not not involved at all anymore. But try and get information where I can. And, and still be an advocate for the for the brand as far as I can. Okay, seems like you're answering all the questions because there's no no questions coming through yet. So if anybody <laughs> has a question, now's the time to, to get it in there before we move on. But um, we may, we mentioned that in terms of your journey, uh, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Um. I think I think looking back, the important piece of advice, and and I'm almost going to steal a little bit from Steve Jobs, um, in his in his address, is that you you can't connect the dots moving forward. You can only connect them moving back. So sometimes you try and almost understand the what does this mean in the big picture, and you can't, and you get stressed out, and you think that it's gonna, you know, everything. Everything either means nothing or it has to mean something. And you're trying to do that looking forward and kind of never works. And it, it's weird. And that's one piece of the one piece of advice would be is just get on with it. Trying to have faith in what you're doing. Have faith in that the fact that you are moving forward, even though sometimes it seems like you aren't. And no necessarily need, there's no necessary need to be as ambitious or think that you're going to kind of be impatient. I'm a very impatient person. So try and almost be impatient with everything. Patience has really been great and really showed me in life that there's a plan. Even though you're not necessarily in control of the plan, there is a plan and it's going to come to fruition one day. You almost just need to really work hard, really have faith and kind of know that it's not a race. Walk the road and you'll get where you're going as long as you do everything you need to do. I think that's a, that's a, a good a good something to lead towards. Tell me any last few words from you, or anything we didn't discuss that you'd like the audience to know. Um, apart from like, I think that it's just to to my previous point. Like, careers are, careers are funny. I think that we have this impression that there's. People are in are not human by virtue of careers, and I think that the one the one message I'd like to get across is the fact that everyone's kind of human, no matter what position you hold, no matter where you are, you're kind of just a person, and everyone's really approachable, and you can kind of do whatever you want to do, and confidence is really really important. And I think what the reason we lack confidence is we almost try and 
place people on these, you know, unattainable goals. And I think it's important that we know that everything's attainable as long as we don't think it's unattainable. You kind of need to fuel your own fire and you can't get anywhere. I think that's, that's my, if there's a parting message, that would be it. No, that's so true because sometimes, especially when, you, when you're young and you're working and you've got these bosses and you put them on a pedestal, pedestal they know everything. And then you realize they're just people too. They make mistakes as well. They're not perfect. They, they don't exactly. have all the information, but they make decisions they, with what, and they've got, they beat you with experience. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's, it's about that, like faith and have that experience and walk the road. And yeah. I think that's a great way to end. The show has been live on YouTube and should be available on podcast by tomorrow. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you feel that it's added value, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click on that notification bell to get automatically notified when the next episode comes out. Zane, thank you so much for your time. Always, thanks so much for your time. And thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another oh, episode thank of you, the Skinny Skin Cat. Goodbye. Cheers.